Yeah, we are again, and welcome back to the Zealous Geordie podcast. I did say we don't do those intros like that anymore, but uh, we just did. But anyway... Felt natural. It felt natural. It felt natural. And what is feeling more natural is being sat opposite me, uh, rather dashing, handsome friend tonight. Look at the... Oh, <laughs> full of compliments. You know, well, the score. Yeah, look, look, I mean... Quite <laughs> we'll come to him in a minute. You do look, uh, <laughs> yeah. you look dashing, me. You look very good. Thank you very much. That's what I'd make an effort for you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so we've got Wesley with us. Um, last time you were here, Wes, we talked about funny moments in church. Yes. Um, and I know that I enjoyed it. I know other people enjoyed it. So thank you for, for doing that with us. Um, but tonight, we've got um, our young Timothy here. His name isn't Timothy, his name is Ethan. And he's here for the first time. Um, what's happening, mate? You all right? I'm all right, yeah. Uh, so Ethan is very young in the faith. He's two years old. Yeah, just a baby. Uh, born again two years ago um, in Christ. And you, you're walking out with us. It's a real blessing. But why I'm glad that you're here tonight to, to talk about this topic with Wes and myself is because it gives a real perspective of the reality of it because since you've been born again i know we've had many conversations about how much stick you've been getting um as a new christian can you you feel like don't talk a little bit about that i first got some stick uh, a week or so after uh, my baptism yeah and mainly came from people who i'd go out and go to the nightclubs with Mm. carners Clueless, or and we've got a term up here in, in Newcastle. Uh, that, oh, you're not well, and, and stuff like this. Yeah. And, so, um, I shouldn't laugh, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 just encouraging because you know God's word says that that kind of stuff will, will happen. When you get stick, it means that you get a lot of bother. In biblical terms, you get persecuted for your yeah. beliefs, and. Let's be honest, like, this is something we do need to talk about because people watch the videos and they say, yeah, wow, amazing, look how bold you are, preach it, brother. Um, <laughs> but I want to sit down tonight and I want to ask you, and obviously I'll open up about it as well, but does the abuse that you get from people in the streets, online, in your workplace, for being a Christian, let alone a street preacher, get to you? Does it upset you? Does it, does it give any dents in your armor? Whereas I'm going to come to you first because um, when you're a street preacher, it's not the most popular thing in the world to, to be Definitely doing. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, why don't you just open up a little bit about what it's like? Uh, I, I, I don't want to like, just paint a gloomy picture saying, like, you know, persecution is hard and that. And, you know, in the persecution we get, it's... It is light in reality. But people do. They'll tell you where to go. They'll tell you their opinions of what you're preaching about. And then they'll attack you as a person. Um, when I was preaching in Darlington, me brother he had Ethan told us that someone was shouting nonce. <laughs> <laughs> Which... To our American friends and worldwide, it's, uh, it's not of normal yeah. criminal element. Yeah, it it it's a it's a word. It's an it's a it's an abusive word to somebody who is immoral towards children. That's a that's yeah. A, it's not the, a word the, that you want to be. Called. Yeah, you don't want to be called that, and I'm certainly not that, and I'm very against that. But so they do attack your character. Mm. 
I'll be honest. I, I do count it for joy. Yeah. Like, it's not nice, but I, having a heavenly perspective yeah. puts things into perspective. Yeah. So I think, well, I'm, I'm being abused for the gospel. Yeah. People hate what I'm saying and hate me, not because of really who I am, but because of Christ. Yeah. And therefore, I'm, I know I'm doing something right. The reality is we knew that this would happen. When you're a street preacher and you're in the streets and you're preaching, you're fair game. You're fair game. You ought to, you're out there, you're being bold in your faith, and people will be bold in their opinions of it. Mm-hmm. But we've been doing this for years now. I was reflecting on this with my wife the other day. And, and I'm thinking, Curtis, is this having an effect on you? Because everywhere I go in mm-hmm. Newcastle, I see somebody. And this is not an exaggeration. Most days, if I go out, I will see somebody. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I will see people who I've had conflict with in the streets. Mm. Now, when I say conflict, I'm not talking about fighting or arguments because that's not how we carry ourselves. But you'll see people who've opposed you to your face in the streets. Mm -hmm. If it's a Muslim guy working in in one of the the garages, that happened. Mm -hmm. If it's a witch who I saw in the Metro Centre. If it's one of the guys who was drunk and then on the nighttime outreaches and got on me face, I saw him. Um, I see these people all of the time. There is some element that it does upset you. And there's some element where it gets you down because it's not just randoms in the street where you come into conflict for the Mm. cause of Christ and for the cause of the gospel. Because we know it happens close to home. We know yeah. what happens in workplaces. We know that it happens um, in friends. I know Ethan will be able to say amen to that. And, and this is the reality of being a Christian. So I guess what I'm saying is it's easy to say, yeah, it's no problem. We're bold. We're courageous. We're zealous for the gospel. We're out there preaching it. We don't care what people say because yeah. we've got Christ. But the reality is it does have a human effect on you, especially when you walk the streets um, day in, day out with your family, with your friends, and you see these people mm-hmm. who you know that you've had a spiritual battle with, and one, that your heart's broken for them because you want them to know Christ, but two, you know that yeah. they, they don't like you. You yeah. know that there's a massive elephant in the room. And I do think that, that if we do have the yeah. wrong perspective, which we'll talk about soon, it's going to get to you. Because in the initial street preaching, and if we're talking in that environment... They're saying to like water off the ducks, yeah. Backside, it, it doesn't stick. It, it in fact, it. I just it's because I'm so I, yeah, because I'm so caught up in the moment. I'm I'm more focused on just preaching the gospel. But where it does hurt is when you step down and yeah. you go home. I have thought this, you know, when I'm traveling on the metro or you know if I'm shopping, and I'm thinking. What if these people have seen me mm. and they recognise us and they're upset with us? That does play on my mind. But it, it, it hurts a lot more when it gets closer to home in terms of friends and family. Yeah. And dare I even say in the church, that's where it really hurts. I remember, Ethan, you talked about when you first came to Christ. And I, I couldn't help but think I remember going into work. And I was the party animal. I was the one who was like, is everyone coming out? on yeah. the lash, on the drink. And um, 
and I, I had a potty mouth. All that radically stopped. And I remember people started saying, there's something different about your ways. And, and I says, oh, I'm a Christian. And then would ask us, are oh, you one of those born again Christians? I'd be like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I was excited about the wind. Yeah. And I remember that it's never left us the words, I like the old Wesley better. Mm, I've heard that before. And that, that is the saying bittersweet. It's, yeah. it's hurtful, but actually it's joyful because actually, therefore I'm bearing fruit. I'm something. You're a new changed. creation. I'm a new creation. That's something to be joyful about. But actually, ow, oh, you're a friend of mine that I enjoyed working with. I've, you know, and I thought you would support me. But actually, no, I've, I've thought about this, you know, because I've had those exact words said to me um, by someone <laughs> close, someone who I love, but it's just like, oh, you're not the same anymore. Um, I miss the old Curtis. And I've thought about that. Mm-hmm. And people listening to this will probably would have had this. If you're born again, I've got no doubt you would have had this said to you as well. Um, I miss the old Curtis. And I've thought about it from their perspective. You just alluded to it there. I've thought about it from their perspective. They're grieving. Yeah, they're grieving somebody who I'm not anymore. They're grieving somebody who they're related to, and they're grieving somebody who isn't going to go back. Yeah, when you encounter Christ and you are born again, you are a new creation. Like you were in darkness, now you're in light. So not only are they grieving, they're seeing something that is totally different spiritually to them if they understand that or not. When you were in the world, when we were in the world, we related to the world. We were of the world. We were in darkness. We're doing things completely um to gratify the flesh completely against god we were at war with god and we were at enmity with god yeah it's a good word we were enmity with god but when jesus christ saves our souls when he adopts us out of the darkness when we repent and when we believe we are no longer in there we are completely justified if we could just see the picture of what happens I mean, honestly, the weight of what happens, we go from being dead in sin to alive in Christ. We go from being orphaned, headed to hell, to being adopted with an inheritance with our Father, our King, our Lord, where no matter what happens here, we have a hope and an assurance. This is a massive spiritual change. We are justified. And it's we go- supernatural. It's supernatural. Yeah. It's supernatural. You can't fully explain it. Hmm. That's what happens. That That is the biggest miracle that can ever happen on this side of eternity is to see someone born again to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's what happens, right? Yeah. It happened to you. It happened to you. It happened to me. I hope it happens to you guys if it hasn't happened already. That's what happens. Jesus Christ saves our soul. And, and when that happens, the things are flipped on its head. Mm. So we are now with Christ. Mm. We were against him. But now we're with him. We've changed sides. We have a new king. We have a new ruler. We have a new dominion of the kingdom of of God. So when we look back to here, mm-hmm. we don't recognize that old person that they're grieving. We don't recognize that um, the desires for that for that anymore because the Lord has got us. But looking back over the chasm mm-hmm. is those people saying, "You guys have changed. I wish you were like that." Come back over here. They're trying to bring you back to them, but we're trying to bring them to life. To life. Yeah. Yeah. And that is where the conflict is. And that's the battle. And that is is a street preacher. As any Christian, actually, this isn't just about street preaching. The Bible says to be friends with the world, 
is to be enmity with God. God. Mm. We're enmity with the world. We're not talking about, which is enemies with everybody in that generic sense when we're talking about the world we're talking about the spiritual condition mm-hmm. of of the fallen world yeah. that kingdom of darkness and when you experience that it does like like you see and you dis- you've discovered the treasure the pearl you know that the scripture talks about and you, you you're so full of joy i love the analogy of um I can't remember where this quote from comes from, but it it's expressed as we are just beggars who are telling other beggars where we've found bread. Yeah. And but that message offends them, yeah. sadly. Where and it and it sounds offensive, it sounds judgmental, but actually we're not judging them. We're we're seeing actually we were that. Yeah. But we've now found the way that gets off that path. Yeah. And I think that's the painful frustration Maybe, of a street yeah. preacher or an evangelist or just you sharing your, the gospel with your families and friends is that they can't understand that. The scripture talks about, you know, that the spiritual things cannot be um, understood by those who are not um, spiritually alive. Mm. That's a very loose, rough translation. But they are not able to comprehend it, yet they don't understand our love and frustration in saying actually if you could only see who it is that i want you to understand yet when i describe the beauty of them to you it sounds like i'm describing your worst nightmare that that's the frustration that's the pain and and i guess when you look at the street preacher or street preachers there'll be one in your city his heart or their heart i truly believe if he sought god and if he's called out by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the streets, should be a one of brokenness. It should yeah. be one with a tear in the eye. It should be that place of, I know that you need Christ, and I'm yeah. coming to proclaim to you, I'll be a fool for him. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. Because it's worth it, because he has called me out to go and call you in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And 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 that's the, the, the frustration of it. And when we're talking about um frustrations in in things that hurt as an evangelist one of the most painful things is when the church the body of christ your brothers and sisters don't understand you don't get you in fact they don't want to they say things like you shouldn't be preaching in the streets yeah it's not biblical jesus never did that there's got to be a more nice way there's got to be a better way a more loving way a more peaceful way to reach the world maybe if we have a few more programs or maybe if we just try and meet the world where they are basically be like the world to reach the world. None of that is biblical. None of it's right. And you know the ones who have never, ever, ever heard say you shouldn't have been preaching? You know who have never heard saying you should keep that gospel to yourself? You know who have never heard saying, street preacher, I wish you weren't stood up there with your microphone and your step preaching out of your Bible? You know who's never said that? Somebody who's just encountered the grace of God through the preaching of the gospel yeah. Repented and believed and met Jesus. Yeah. Those people do not say those things. No. And I want to, you know, to me brothers, to our brothers, to our sisters, the people who are watching this, listening to this, I want to ask what's our heart condition? Mm. How do we see the lost? How do we see the battle that we're in? Are we dimming our yeah. light to fit in? Because you can escape persecution. You can escape being mocked and being laughed at. All you have to do is compromise. Mm. 
put a mask on. Put a mask on. All you have to do is dim. All you have to do is just keep Jesus to yourself. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be lukewarm. And that's, that's not okay. Biblically speaking, forget, you know, the opinions of man, the opinions of us, the words of Christ. He says, you know, if if you look back, you're not worthy to follow me. In other words, you know, talks about the king, does he not first weigh up um, whether he can go to battle or st- send out a delegation to see mm. terms of peace? He used that analogy to t- say... Consider the cost of following me. Count the cost. Count the cost. And that's exactly the the problem with the lukewarm heart in mm. Revelation. It is somebody who is, Christ describes as blind. They're not seeing properly. They're not seeing Christ. They're not seeing a kingdom perspective of following him. To be a Christian is to lay down your life. He who seeks to... Um, save his life will lose it but he who loses his life for my sake will gain it yeah but having a kingdom focus on christ your love for christ compels you to love those whom christ loves Mm. and therefore with your eyes on christ you love your common man your common woman your family and you desire for them to come to Christ, but in order for them to receive that, they must hear it, yeah. and that is the responsibility that God has given through Christ to His church to go mm. and tell the world about Him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no greater honor, but in doing that, mm-hmm. the Bible tells us that He sends us out as sheep amongst wolves. Now, speaking of persecution, we know that that our brothers and sisters, as we sit here and make this podcast mm-hmm. are losing their lives they're being threatened they have lost their livelihoods for the cause of the gospel last year there was 4,998 Christians who were martyred worldwide mm. 90% of them were in Nigeria alone wow one of the biggest persecutors of the church is Nigeria that that that's really counting the cost. It's not like, oh, uh, if I follow Christ, I may lose some friends, and I'm not belittling that. But yeah. if you p- compare, you can't help but feel like, okay, my problems, yeah, yeah they hurt and they do, and I'm not yeah. going to die that. But in comparison, but again, <clears throat> all they have to do <clears throat> is deny Christ. Yeah, but you know what it is, they don't. Yeah. Imagine having the character to wake up every day, thank the Lord, praise the Lord. If this is my last day, let it be so, but let me go out worshipping you. Let me do all things for your glory. Imagine having that character. You know, we talked about this earlier. We talked about how people say Christianity is for weak people. It's for people who need a crutch, who are afraid of dying. Listen, Christianity, true Christianity, my brothers, my sisters in Nigeria, in China, yes, some of us here in the UK, we're not afraid of dying. Mm. Not afraid of dying at all because we know where we're going. What we're saying is it is absolutely worth counting the cost, walking with Christ, not deny him no matter what happens. I can't remember the name of the guy but this was during the persecution in the um reformation era 
Um, I believe this um, man, off the top of my head, I believe he was a church um, pastor, elder, leading the church. And he was imprisoned for preaching the, the gospel. And, uh, and if I'm right, they paraded him as they walked him to the stake to be burned, they paraded him in front of his congregation. And, uh, and his congregation wept for him. And somebody said something along the lines of, if you are able to sustain this torment of being burnt alive, please give us a sign. Lift up your hands. And, um, so they tied this man up. And sure enough, they, they set the flames alight. And if you read the book of, um, Martyrs by, um, John Fox, I think it is. He, it's it's quite detailed. Mm. You know, when you're burning, like it isn't just immediate that the person dies. Your skin melts. I'm talking to a fireman in front of, mm. well, ex-fireman now, yeah. yeah. So he'll know what fire does to people. Their their fingers burn off. Their lips burn off. It's really, and I'm sorry, this is really grotesque, no, but it is the reality of it. This is an extremely painful, tormentous way to kill someone. And yet, in it, the man lifted up his hands mm. before he died to show to his congregation, the Lord is sustaining me mm. in this, that I am able to bear this suffering. Mm. And he, I mean, that is such a, a, a testament of somebody who's counted the cost and yes, he would have felt the pain. Yes, he would have trembled as he was marched to the stake. But mm. still, his grace was sufficient. And, and yes, we're talking about an extreme situation for most Christians today, unless you're in these places like Nigeria, North Korea, you name it. For most Western Christians, that is very unlikely to happen. But... I believe, yes, you will feel the pain of rejection, of being called names, maybe even threatened, yeah. but God's grace is sufficient to yeah. sustain you in it if we lean on him. And as you were talking about <clears throat> that um, that pastor being paraded in front of his people, in front of his congregation, no doubt in front of his loved ones, yeah. people who he's ministered to, people who he's pray prayed with, people who he's probably fed and hugged and put an arm around when they were grieving and was led to his death. Can't help but think of Christ. I can't help but think of our Lord and our Saviour who in the garden said, if there's no other way, mm. but if there's not, Father, let your will be done. And the Bible tells us that at any point he could have called down all of heaven's angels and stopped the full thing, but he didn't. He endured for the joy set before him. And the joy set before him must be some amazing joy because he was paraded in front of his mother, in front of his brothers, in front of people who had had their lives radically changed, in front of people who he'd healed, in front of people, of course, who hated him, who mocked him. They flogged him, they beat him, they ripped the skin off his back, they pulled his beard, and in that, this God-man Jesus Christ gave them the breath to do it 
and he took each step towards a cross, a cross that belonged to us, a cross that belonged to them, and he laid his life down, he gave it up freely so that we could be forgiven and so that we could have a joy set before us no matter what we operated through no matter what we go through like you rightly said if it's rejection from people in the streets people in the metro center your family if it's really bad case scenarios like in nigeria no matter what we go through when your perspective and your heart is positioned towards heaven I believe, like you rightly said, his grace will sustain us until we go home because the promise is this life is a vapor. So I would encourage the church to really ask the question, have you truly counted the cost Mm. to follow Christ? My heart and prayer for you and for you and for me and for everybody is that we won't go through that. Mm. But like Daniel, even if and the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. if it's a lion's den or a brazen bull, even if we do, we have a hope in the future in Christ. 